And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And welcome to We Went Blues, the podcast, episode 62. I'm Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic St. Louis, and our guest today coming up in just a few minutes, it's going to be Alex Petrangelo, the former Blues captain, now, of course, a member of the Vegas Golden Knights after signing a seven-year, $61.6 million deal Hillhead West to play for the Golden Knights. Before we bring Alex in, we just want to get to the news of the week and kind of set the table here. The Blues made an 11th hour offer to Alex Petrangelo, but that was turned down and Petrangelo became a free agent last Friday at 11 a.m. Central Time. It was just about nine hours later, the Blues signed Tory Krug to a whopping seven-year, $45.5 million contract. That came out of the blue. It really did. There was a lot of discussion the past few months, if Alex Petrangelo didn't come back, how would the Blues respond? And I don't think anyone would have pointed to the fact that Tory Krug coming to St. Louis was possible. And that essentially ended Alex Petrangelo's career with the Blues. We'll talk more with him about that in just a bit. Meanwhile, Alex Petrangelo became a free agent. He heard from Vegas and Toronto. He scheduled a trip with Vegas over the weekend Went out there. Uh, He was wined and dined. Of course, uh, that's a fantastic new franchise, and they really took care of him out there. He flies home, though, without a signed contract, but it took about 48 hours, and Alex Petrangelo did put pen to paper with the Golden Knights, as I mentioned. A seven-year, $61.6 million contract comes with $35 million of that in signing bonus, and you remember He wanted structure with the Blues contract. And when I say structure, I'm talking about, indeed, that signing bonus money and a no-movement clause. He didn't get a full no-movement, nor did he get the type of signing bonus money uh, that he did with Vegas. And so he signs with the Golden Knights. It's an 8.8 annual average value, and he is now a member of the Golden Knights. We're going to talk about that with Alex. We're also going to talk about how he found out about the Tory Krug deal in just a bit. But first, other Blues news. They made another free agent signing, inking forward Kyle Clifford to a two-year, $2 million deal. So that's an average of $1 million. Rugged, rugged left winger. Everybody's familiar with Clifford's career. 10 years with the LA Kings. I believe he's got over 80 fights. That's according to HockeyFights.com. Uh, tons of penalty minutes. Like I said, uh, a rugged winger. He brings some sandpaper to this roster. And I think that's the key part here. Uh, and listening to Doug Armstrong talk about that move, he he likes to have exit meetings with all the players, and he asks their opinion. He says, hey, w- what did we lack? What did we miss? And I think uh, Blues fans knew that when Pat Maroon left, the Blues lost a little bit of that element. Uh, not necessarily a guy who's going to fight all the time, but a guy who's just willing to be uh, the gritty guy. And, and I think the Blues missed that. And good on them to own up to that in that exit meetings with Doug Armstrong. So they point out that uh, it'd be nice to go out and get a player like that. And he went out and found Kyle Clifford, and that's a reasonable deal. Two years, 
$1 million average. He brings two Stanley Cups that he won with the Los Angeles Kings. Nobody in St. Louis is going to forget those games between the Blues and the LA Kings over the years, those heavy-hitting playoff games. I think there were 60-70 combined hits in some of those games. And, of course, Kyle Clifford delivered those. Now he'll be delivering those hits for the St. Louis Blues. So that's what's been happening with the Blues the past few days. When we come back, we're going to hear how it's all unfolded from the perspective of Alex Petrangel. He'll join us next on We Went Blues, episode 62, after this break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now we are joined by the former Blues captain, Alex Petrangelo. It's a little weird to say, like earlier uh, this offseason with Jake Allen. I almost called him the Blues goaltender, but now he's with the Montreal Canadiens. And with Alex, uh, it's a tough one because he's been with the organization for 12 years. Of course, I mentioned a second ago, uh, the captain of the St. Louis Blues, the first player to hoist the Stanley Cup for the franchise. So to think of Alex, to think of you, Alex, as a uh, Vegas Golden Knight, it's uh, a little bit difficult for Blues fans. And and we want to get into how all this unfolded uh, as we talk here for the next 20 or so minutes. But first... Number seven? I always knew you were a Keith Kachuk fan. <laughs> uh, why number seven? I actually saw him today. It's funny that you say that. Um, I, I honestly, they just gave me a few options on numbers. And, you know, 27 obviously means a lot because of my history with St. Louis. But other than that, there's not really sentimental value. So I don't like being the guy to take a number unless there's a huge reason for it, which there is for some guys. So I just figured why not just, I don't know try something different and try a different number. It's kind of the same, I guess, you know, similar, I guess. Uh, I was trying to convince yeah, myself yeah. it was a good number, so I don't know. <laughs> and lucky number seven in Vegas. I'm sure I'm not the first person to tell you that. Yeah, I'm not a big slot guy, but hey, you know, maybe maybe that is the reason. I don't know. <laughs> We're all right, Alex. I know a lot's been said and written over the past few months and especially the past couple of days. We don't want to spend too much time glossing over, you know, the obvious and what's been discussed. So if you don't mind, we'll just kind of cut straight to the chase on a few of these topics that perhaps uh, Blues fans have been wondering about. I know that I spoke to you last Thursday, the day before free agency, and you got a phone call or had communication with Doug Armstrong later that night. They made an 11th hour offer. Uh, you, of course, turned it down, decided to go to the market. Just why did you turn it down? And did you think that was going to be your last chance to be a blue? No, I, I didn't think it would be my, my last chance. Um, you know, we were still in communication as, you know, the weekend went on. I, I Like I said to someone the other day, I don't think I ever, you know, said I wouldn't talk to the blues if I went to, uh, you know, if I went to the market. I never really counted the blues out until it was official with, uh, with Vegas. So, um, you know, we're in communication. I, I think for me, you know, being that close to, um, you know, free agency, we, we, we thought long and hard about it, JR. We did. And, uh, it wasn't just, you know, the 11th hour offer, you know, from Doug, um, Doug presented some good options for us. And as a family, there was some things that, uh, we thought we want to, um, you know, to protect us, you know, in the future as, as my contract goes on and, um, we just felt like, uh, you know, we could always call Doug and, and probably hammer out a deal if, if they wanted to. But, 
you know, at, at that point, I didn't think um, it was going to get done. So we just kind of took the next 12 hours and waited and communication never stopped between us. I think uh, there's enough respect between me and the organization that uh, we wanted to make sure we, we kept the lines open. So the next 12 hours go by and it's 11 a.m. Friday Central Time in St. Louis and your representatives, we we now know, heard from Vegas, Toronto, you know, I'm sure some other teams. We'll get to Vegas in just a bit, but how legitimate was the option of Toronto? That's your hometown. Uh, we know that uh, they made a push. Uh, did you truly consider playing in your hometown and could that have been a good fit? Yeah, I think so. I think obviously with a young family and, uh, you know, being down here to, to – have been able to share that with my family, my kids, you know, that would have been special. Um, I honestly don't know a whole lot of the conversation. Uh, this is, look, I woke up Friday morning and not knowing what to expect. Um, there's a lot of things right now with the cap and, you know, no fans. As Every team's kind of doing their own thing, whether it's, you know, cap budget or internal budgets, whatever they have to do to, uh, to make it work. And uh, I just, you know, I brought my kids to school. I trained i did all the things i do you know on a normal day and i just told them like if you got something to tell me you know just give me a call and, and we'll discuss it it was hard obviously because we're sitting around you know waiting but uh i think we just tried to kind of take the stress out of it and uh you know we didn't know if it was gonna be st louis that call we uh, we really honestly jr we didn't know and i was joking this morning uh, i was on the radio with carlo and i said my life is so busy i don't think i even had time to sit back and like you know, reflect. Yeah. It was just like, go, 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 Gail. Kids had to go to school. I had to do what I had to do. And that kind of led us to, uh, to noon hour Eastern time. Yeah. And just a few hours later, Toronto would sign a TJ Brody. And that seemed like it took the Maple Leafs off the table there. You know, then Alex, about 730 St. Louis time, uh, Pierre Lebrun, my colleague at The Athletic, he tweeted that the Blues had signed Tory Krug to that deal. You know, I've heard that maybe you found out on social media and maybe from LeBron's tweet. Just how did you find out about the Krug signing and what was your reaction? Um, I was playing dinosaurs upstairs with my kids. So <laughs> and then I got a message. Um, I, you know, I, I know I was out there. That I said I was caught off guard. I mean, it wasn't I was caught off guard because I just wasn't really paying attention to social media throughout the day. I try not to in general. So I just wasn't really following what was going on. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe if I was more in tune with social media and Twitter and all that, maybe I would have uh, heard it sooner. So, um, you know, Doug found an opportunity to make his team better and he did it. I can't blame him for it. I mean, uh, he's a heck of a player. Yeah, some of the reaction, I, I think, to you saying that you were caught off guard, you know, some people said, you know, how could you be? Uh, maybe just a chance here to ex explain yourself. And, and I'm, I'm assuming that you couldn't really blame the Blues for moving on because they didn't know what you were going to do at that time. Oh, I don't blame them at all. I mean, like I said, um, Doug Armstrong knows what he's doing. He's getting a player that could be an impact player, and um, you know he tried to make his team better. That's what they're there to do, and that's why they pay them. Um, you know, I, when I say I was caught off guard, it was more so like I wasn't really paying attention to you know all the things that were going on throughout the day. A lot of the stuff that I was getting were from my friends or whoever messaging me, telling me that stuff. So um, again, it's. It's, it's part of the business and they got to do what they got to do. So um, I, I understand it. I get it. And Doug, uh, you know, Doug had an opportunity to do something and he, and he jumped on it. 
I think when we all saw the uh, Krug signing, Alex, it seemed to shut the door on you returning to the Blues, obviously a uh, cap situation. Uh, but on Doug Armstrong's Zoom call, he said the door was still open. And if he heard from you that maybe they could work something out, was there even a remote chance at that point that you could work out something with the Blues? Or had you well, moved I'm on? Sure. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, you guys know what this place means to me. Uh, I mean, JR, we've been with each other for a long time. You guys know how I feel about this organization. I think everybody does. Um, you know, as, as I was getting calls and teams were, you know, preparing to, to make an offer for me and all that, I mean, I never I never once said, oh, like, the crew's there, now I can't go back. I don't think that's a scenario at all. I think if, if Doug and I sat down again and maybe I didn't like what I saw on the market, you know, yeah, maybe we could have found a deal. I don't know. Um, like I said, I don't think either side is pointing fingers here. I'm not pointing fingers at him. He had to, like I said, he had to do what he had to do, and um, he knows what he's doing. That's why you know Tom has him here. So again, it's an opportunity to make his team better, and he did it. Right, and, and you said if if you go to the market and don't like what you see, maybe it's a different circumstance. But uh, you go to Vegas, you take the trip over the weekend, and you did like what you see. Uh, tell us about the tour. They kind of wind in, dine you, and, and what was your mindset after leaving Vegas? Um, well, again, we were just kind of going throughout the day. It was probably late afternoon on Friday when, uh, I don't remember exactly the time, when I got the call saying that they are, you know, interested and think that they can make it work. And you know what it's like with kids, especially three toddlers. So we didn't really, I said to Janie, I said, well, you know, they're pretty interested. Should we go out there? And, you know, we were talking about maybe going to other places too. But, um, and I'm thinking, this is a lot of stuff to organize. Like we got to, we brought the baby, we brought the newborn. Um but we had to find a way to have someone watch the triplets on, you know, Saturday and then Sunday morning. So it was, it wasn't, it was a little bit of a scramble, but you know, that's the beauty of family. They'll run and do anything for you. So we managed to have <laughs> some help to, uh, to get that done. And so we went out there and, you know, I had been the outside of the strip because, um, you know, we practiced out there this year and the previous year. So I was kind of familiar with it. Like not really, I was kind of had an idea of what it's like out there, but I don't think my wife, uh, you know, I don't think Janie really knew a whole lot about it. I don't think most people do unless they spend some time there about what's outside of the strip. So I uh, met with them, uh, talked to the owner. And, uh, you know, for me, it was just, you know, going out there, making sure Janie felt comfortable um, if that was the avenue that we were going to go down. And I wanted to make sure I talked to, you know, the owner and the management and make sure that they share the same passion that I do for winning. And that was the one thing I was impressed by is uh, they were committed to the process and, and committed to winning. And, um, you know, we had some good conversation about that. But more importantly, I think uh, Jenny liked what she saw and felt comfortable. And Alex, I reported several times over the past month or so that uh, it was the structure specifically that you wanted in that Blues deal, some signing bonus that gives you the buyout protection, also that no movement clause, the full no movement. You didn't get it here. Doug said that uh, he offered the partial no move and perhaps some signing bonus money, but you get it in Vegas. Looking back, are you surprised that the Blues wouldn't fully offer what you were looking for there? Um, surprised? I am not going to say surprised. I mean, I, I don't know... I'm not on the business side of things, Jr. I don't know how teams operate with their budgets or, you know, what they want to do. It's obviously a big commitment from an organization to give signing bonuses on, you know, one specific day, you know, every single year. So um, I felt like that gave me some protection, like you said, as the contract would move on. So that was an important thing for me that uh, that Vegas was willing to show that commitment, and uh, you know, that was part of the reason why um, you know we were happy with uh, with the decision. I've said this before, Alex, you know, Brett Hall left, 
Perhaps he wore out his welcome. We don't know. You know how Brett is. Uh, he couldn't get a no-trade clause. Chris Pronger left in part, I know, because I covered the team at the time. The ownership wanted to shed some significant payroll uh, to sell the team. And, you know, I've written over the past couple of weeks that perhaps the uh, negotiations between uh, your side and Doug Armstrong, maybe they got a little too personal. We don't know truly what it is. But in your eyes, why don't you think you could get a contract done with the Blues? Um. You know, I wouldn't say it was personal. I mean, it's personal in, in, in the in the mindset of, you know, how much we care about the people in this city. I mean, like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to hide the fact that my kids are born here. My wife's from here. Everybody knows that. So uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out, JR. And, and organizations sometimes have a, a way that they operate and the player sees it maybe differently. So um, they're entitled to doing what they have to do to, to run their business. And, and I'm entitled to do what I, I think is necessary for, for myself. So, um, you know, it's always a little bit of give and take, but sometimes it doesn't work out. There's, there's a lot of things that go into this. I, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that went into it and there's a, it's not just teams or, or myself look at this thing as a one year commitment. There's a lot of stuff that the team needs to commit and the player needs to commit for seven years that, you know, have to get organized in order to make something like this work. So, um, sometimes, you know, it just doesn't work out. Alex, being in media for a long time, I know perception is a big thing or maybe what people hear. And I know it was suggested on social media that you had been looking forward to playing uh, somewhere else. And, you know, I, th- I know you've gone on the Zoom call and said that was kind of taken out of context. You know, in the conversations that I had with you the past month or so, it was always wanting to get something done in St. Louis. And, and I don't recall you ever wanting or wishing to play somewhere else until it became reality, until it was a situation where it looked like you were going to go somewhere else. Then maybe, uh, you know, it started to seem like a challenge and, and maybe something that you welcome. Can you just kind of clear that up? Because, you know, I hate for Blues fans in 5, 10, 15, 20 years to think otherwise. Yeah, um, I guess that was really taken out of context. Um, I guess I'm disappointed that that's the way it was put out. Um, disappointed. I mean, again, I don't have Twitter, so I was told, but I'm disappointed that that's what the person said. But um, I, I'm being honest and truthful that you know there was never a plan to leave. Never a plan. I mean, if people know me as a person and how committed I am to my family, you guys know how important it is for me to have a a family and them feel comfortable um, in their surroundings. So, yeah, when the deal got done with Vegas, um, you know, I sat there and I said, okay, this could be exciting. You know, this could be a new challenge for our family. I'm going to have to welcome this with open arms because we went into it with an open mind. And I think, you know, you make a big change like this, JR, and you, and you move your family, you know, which is obviously a huge part for me. You kind of have to go into it, you know, expecting uh, expecting something different, and you got to kind of welcome that challenge head on. You know, it's it's an exciting thing to uh, to do. You know, I'm excited about it. Was it exactly what I wanted when I started this process? You know, a year ago, of course not. But you know, sometimes things don't work out, and and you got to kind of take that next step forward and and put your head down and get organized and try and uh, you know prepare for for what's coming. So never once did I. Uh, say to myself, oh, I, I need to get out of here or I need a new challenge. It was always try and get something done, and I'm sure Doug felt the same way. All right, a couple more. I'm going to ask you something here, but there's a caveat, so be ready for the caveat here. Okay. What are you going to remember most about being a member of the St. Louis Blues? And that caveat is you can't say seeing me every day in the locker room. Damn, oh, that was the one I was going to say. <laughs> Beat me to it. I could say all the stuff about the Stanley Cup and, and all that, and, and those are always great, right? That was the ultimate goal. For, for me, 
um, you know, I've taken a couple of days here to kind of look back and, and I'm obviously still in St. Louis is, is the people, right? You know, I'm a people person, you know, that you are, I love talking and getting to know people. So, um, I grew up with a lot of people in this organization, not just players, but, you know, management and, um, you know, trainers and, and people in the front office. And they watched me grow up as uh, an 18 year old and, and turning into uh, a dad of four kids. So, and a husband and, and, I shared that with a lot of people. So people were great to me and uh, I'm really gonna miss, you know, the people you feel so comfortable. Everyone's done so much for me and Janie that I think uh, I think that's gonna be the hardest part is, is not being around those amazing people and the people in the Midwest are amazing. So it's uh, that's gonna be a hard thing for us. Yeah, it's crazy to think that we knew you when you were 18, weren't married, no kids. Now you're married <laughs> 12 years uh, here in St. Louis with uh, four kids. Well, it escalated quickly. Let's just say that. <laughs> Three at once. <laughs> yeah. Hey, last thing, Alex. Uh, I remember we asked you a month or so ago about your legacy. Had you ever thought about perhaps having that number 27 retired, maybe even a statue out in front of uh, Enterprise Center? And you said, look, I don't think I've done enough yet. But at that time, there was still a chance you were coming back to St. Louis and you could build on that and perhaps uh, do enough. Now we know the outcome. That's not going to happen. There's some people who believe it will still happen. What do you think your legacy will be here in St. Louis? Um, you know, I, I really don't know. Um, I think, you know, what we did last year was pretty special. Um, it definitely, you know, crept into my head when I thought about, you know, going through this process and, and where we are and if that's something I want to give up. Um, you know, it. I hope people just just remember me that you know I, I gave everything I could to the organization. You know I, I came into work every day and the goal every day I was there was to get better and to win a Stanley Cup and to finally do it after uh, what the twelve years of eleven years of playing and and you know some letdowns and some difficult times along the way. I just I hope people remember that I, I love the city, I love the organization and. Uh, I poured everything in, you know, that I could, and I'm happy that we got it because that was one hell of a parade, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can I can tell you, you personally that uh, I watched you grow into a professional, and, and I'm sure that uh, I can speak for the rest of St. Louis. They valued the friendship, the relationship with you as well, and they certainly are going to miss you. Well, I appreciate that, and, and again, um, I'll be back. Um, this place has a special place in my heart, obviously my same with my wife and my kids. So um, I'm sure people will see me around, floating around here uh, in between the seasons. You're a busy man, but I appreciate you carving out 20 minutes for We Went Blues, the podcast. Best of luck. Perhaps we'll uh, see you here in St. Louis before you head out to Vegas. All right. Thanks, JR. Take care. And that was Alex Petrangelo, as uh, candid as we hoped he would be about the situation. As we told you, uh, we were taking a little bit of a hiatus from the podcast until further notice but whenever there's breaking news or a good guest that we can bring to you we'll do it we hope we did that with alex petrangelo other good pods at the athletic bill armstrong the former blues assistant general manager now the gm of the arizona coyotes he spends the full 60 with craig Custance this week at the athletic also taylor hall he's now a buffalo saber we mentioned alex petrangelo a vegas golden knight and jacob markstrom now a calgary flame scott burnside and pierre lebrun discuss the first week of nhl free agency and look ahead to what's next on an all-new two-man advantage at the athletic check out our comment section for each podcast episode at the athletic app and rate and subscribe we went blues on Apple. If you aren't a subscriber to The Athletics, subscribe now and save. Go to the 
theathletic.com forward slash we went blues. You can receive an all access subscription for just $1 per month. So thank you to Alex Petrangel. I'm Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic St. Louis for any more breaking news. Good guest. We'll be here at We Went Blues to bring you the latest. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.